you know, in this day and age, many people uh, do find one another through dating apps and through social media. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that once you have found your partner, there's no need for it. Now, if you continue to have that dating app, that sort of is indicative that there's something in your personality that still um, wants something more. It was mm-hmm. there was another need there, not just to find a partner. So I agree with you. So once you have found a committed relationship, you you know get rid of the app. This week, we discuss four science-backed reasons why people cheat. What are these reasons? What's the science behind this information? And why is Dr. Karen Sherman so skeptical? Stay tuned. Hi, I'm going to keep this short. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. You should know that we have a website, hitchmag.com, with thousands of articles, our complete podcast archive with over 500 episodes, a free weekly newsletter, and more. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating or review to help encourage others to join. And without further ado, enjoy. We're on top of the world Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original, Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Hello. It's good to be here. Uh, It's always great to have you on. Uh, As a reminder, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues and has been doing so for over 30 years. You can get more information at her website, DrKarenSherman.com. Um, okay, Karen, so I uh, came across an article this week that I wanted to discuss. It was four science-backed reasons why people cheat. Uh, mm-hmm. This comes from hellogiggles.com. Um, and so I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna go through the reasons, and we will kind of discuss uh, these reasons that they cite as why people cheat. Uh, Before you do that, do you want to explain how they got their information? Um, if you want, I will. Yeah, please go ahead. Okay. So basically they looked at a site that people go on to, um, if they're married, but they want to find, uh, other partners and they looked at the increase in the, um, people who looked at the site the or traffic, who yeah. joined the site, um, pre pandemic and during pandemic. And they saw a huge increase in how many people now came on that site during the pandemic. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was the study. Right. <laughs> do you hear sarcasm in my voice? I do. It's almost like um, <laughs> I, I'm, re- I'm just remembering the Saturday Night Live skit that happened recently about um, couples browsing Zillow together um, uh-huh. as their form of intimacy and entertainment at late at night. And, um, as if that is an indication that like all those couples are about to move and sell their homes. Right. So, uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay. <laughs> um, all righty. So I have to tell you, I don't put much merit, okay. um, in the study. And so even they're calling it for science backed reasons. 
um, made me hesitate. Okay. Um, and as you know, we spoke just briefly right before we got on to start doing the actual podcast. I said to you, I thought that the fact that it was in Hello Giggles caused me a giggle. Um, the whole thing just, I, I don't put much merit in the way they did this study. Um, and I'm going to poke some holes in what they found as the reasons as well. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Uh, so reason number one. They're stressed or angry. And so it goes on to, uh, I pulled a quote from it, which basically says, individuals experiencing stress are more likely to notice the things that their partners are doing right or not doing right mm -hmm. and are less likely to be satisfied in their relationships. Um, does this sound like um, some sound reasoning to you? I think that it is accurate that when you're stressed, uh, you're going to have that as your lens. And so you are more likely to see things that you're not happy about. Does that necessarily lead you to having an affair? I don't think so. Right. <laughs> I just, I just don't think that that is the reason. I don't think it's a sound reason to give as the, the explanation for why people have an affair. I do think people would become more irritated with their partner as a, um, reaction to the amount of stress or feeling angry at them. Mm -hmm. Cause you often, I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate today. Sure. Um, so you'll often hear, particularly like people in power, for example, well, you mm -hmm. know, they have such a stressful job, like they just need to release some of that stress. And mm -hmm. along comes along comes the the person showing them interest and engagement, and lo and behold, they then have their affair. So that is that the same thing? Is that different? Or do you just feel like that's an excuse? That's that different. People, that's okay. different. Because what you're saying is first of all, the question and the finding was that, let's say you and I are married. I'm so angry at you that um, I'm now noticing every little thing that you do that bothers me. So now I'm going to have an affair. Mm -hmm. um, what you gave as an example is that because your job is so demanding and you're so stressed that you're now looking for somebody who is going to be um, more devoted to you or more positive to you or more affectionate to you. So it's a different, you're not comparing apples to apples. Right. Okay. okay. The second thing is that you talked about the person needing um, more attention. And that I think is, is an important point, but we'll get to that later. But the example that you're giving um, I don't believe you're making an equal comparison. I think they're, it's almost like you're talking about it from the vantage point of the different mate. Right. Their question, your original question, uh, as you asked, it was from um, mate A. And then your example just now <laughs> as devil's advocate was from the perspective of mate B. That doesn't make sense. Got it. Okay. Um, so the reason that number two, so the, the reason that they have, uh, are cheating is because of low self-esteem. Okay. And their research backed reason for this is off of a 2021 study that revealed that attachment anxiety is also related to 
higher chances of cheating behavior. Uh, how, if that's the case, so then how can couples boost their own self-esteem and not let that damage their marriage? Okay. So, um, I, I think that there is something to the aspect of people who have attachment anxiety. Um, attachment anxiety, I want to explain to our listeners what that means. That goes back to when you were raised. Um, did you feel loved by your parents? Did you feel safe in your upbringing? Did you feel cared about? And so if you did not have a good attachment to your caretaker, those emotional wounds will carry over into your relationship years and years later. Mm -hmm. Now, so if you have poor attachment or have attachment anxiety, then you're going to want to feel like you're being cared about, that you're being loved. Um, can um, your would it help to have your own self-esteem boosted? Absolutely. That's going to take working on those childhood issues. And the good news is they can be worked on. Mm -hmm. um, can I can I ask a quick question about this? Sure. Mm -hmm. um, I so part of the problem that I had with this was the reason mm -hmm. was low self-esteem. The right. study they cite is attachment anxiety, which I do not think are the same thing. Am I wrong in that assessment? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. The, the, they cite low self-esteem as the reason why these couples mm -hmm. are cheating, but then they mm -hmm. say that low self-esteem comes from attachment anxiety. I don't believe those are the same thing. Am I, am I wrong in my assumption there? I could see where low self-esteem would be one of the outgrowths right. of having attachment anxiety. Right. I don't, and, and I, okay, I think that there's like a third, uh, an outside variable here, okay. which has more to do with that if you don't feel worthy, if you don't feel loved, if you don't feel cared about, it would lead you to getting involved with somebody who made you feel that way. And often affairs do do that. Right. So this one does have um, some meaning for me. Um, but again, you're talking about, sorry to interrupt, but, no, you're, no. but you're talking about um, the validation of your feeling and attachment, mm -hmm. uh, which would lead to the affair, which is what Correct. the study they cite. Low right. self-esteem, you can get that in the workplace, for example, um, that has nothing to do with attachment. Correct. And that's where I was just going to go. That okay. generally esteem issues are things that happen slightly later in life. Attachment issues happen very early in life. Esteem issues are a little bit later in the development process where you feel good and competent about what you do. And so if you don't have that sense when you are older, uh, when you were younger, mm -hmm. then that will show up later where you will have esteem issues. But you're right. If you do feel competent in the workplace or you do feel competent as a parent or whatever, that would help those esteem issues. I don't necessarily see that attachment anxiety and low self-esteem are really connected, though 
They can't bleed. They can, they like, if you have a Venn diagram, there's that Mm -hmm. sliver that they cross over. I can totally see that. That's correct. Right. That's correct. Okay. And I think that's a good point that there's going to be this little sliver that if you didn't have good attachment and you don't feel worthy, that you're likely not to have good self-esteem also, but they're not exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, reason number three, uh, they have social media and dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the research shows that people who find their partner through a dating app might be more likely to continue looking at, for a relationship online, despite being in a committed relationship already. Um, you know, I was going to ask like how couples can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it seems obvious to me, like just delete the app from your phone and tell mm-hmm. your spouse to delete your app from the phone or share passwords and mm-hmm. passcodes and all that other mm-hmm. stuff. Like this doesn't seem like a tough one for me, but so what do you, what are your thoughts on, on this one? I agree. And I think that, um, you know, in this day and age, many people uh, do find one another through dating apps and through social media. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that once you have found your partner, there's no need for it. Now, if you continue to have that dating app, that sort of is indicative that there's something in your personality that still um, – want something more. It was, mm-hmm. there was another need there, not just to find a partner. So I agree with you. So once you have found a committed relationship, you, you know, get rid of the app. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I do think it seems kind of obvious too, that if there is the accessibility to the open market, for example, then, um, this would be more likely. So, uh, I'm, I'm not going to like trash this one completely, but it doesn't seem like it's a major problem that we can't quite wrap our heads around and figure out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then the last reason is that they're just not satisfied with their sex lives. Um, mm-hmm. this one seems like it's a problem that we hear about, um, as like the common one. Um, but as we've discussed a million times, it's, it's almost never about the sex itself. So what is typically the cause and how can couples overcome that? Um, okay. So I have done a lot of work with couples, excuse me, uh, who have lived through affairs. And I want to say, cause I think this is an important, um, statement that marriages can absolutely, um, heal from affairs and they can even have a better marriage. Um, to the partner who's been um, betrayed, it is absolutely devastating. Um, and it takes a lot to say, okay, I still want to you know work on this marriage and and get through it. But generally, um, the affair is really the final showing, shall we say, mm-hmm. the symptom that there was something wrong with the marriage whether it be that it was their sex that wasn't good, but I don't think that that's really it. Generally, my finding has been that when couples are having sexual problems, it's really a communication problem, mm-hmm. um, that that um, they have difficulty um, feeling safe talking about sex, that 
Um, they have difficulty communicating in general, and that's why there are sexual problems. It's not generally the sex itself. Yes, go right. ahead. And so the and so the affair is almost like their last gasp at trying to communicate whatever it is that they're not able to communicate. That's true. Now, but aside from the sex, you know, um, many people, you know, when this actually happens, say, well, you know, why did you have to go to that? you know, that extreme. Well, I try to talk to you. I try to suggest this or that or with the other, and it went nowhere. And so as you're saying, regardless of the sex per se, it's their last effort to say, like, I I, I didn't know what else to do. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, I just didn't feel hurt. In most cases, I'm going to say it's because one partner did not feel that their needs were being met, mm-hmm. um, that they felt that they weren't cared about, they weren't um, important enough. You know, now that goes back a little bit more to the attachment anxiety, but it doesn't even have to be people who had um, attachment anxiety or attachment issues. So, you know, you start out talking about um, somebody who's in power and who has a very stressful career and they just need it as relief. I would say that the mate of somebody who is that powerful and that stressed may feel so uncared about, Mm. so disregarded, so ignored that they have to get those benefits from somewhere else. And that's what leads them to the affair. So uh, just really quick to follow up on the uh, Mm -hmm. attachment anxiety thing. Uh, If you are, if you have that attachment anxiety uh, relating to your spouse, how is, how is that being fulfilled by a complete stranger? Because it seems like that attachment anxiety Uh would still be there if you're engaging with a stranger. Okay. So I remember, and I'm sure that uh, you know this person very well. Um, Dr. Dougherty, Bill Dougherty, Mm -hmm. he used to say that affairs are like vacations, okay, that they're not real. And so when you go on a vacation, everything's wonderful and everything is, you know, a getaway and, you know, it it just meets so many needs. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. So... (laughs) You know, it's it's not real life. You're not dealing with the crying kids. You're not dealing with the bills. You're not dealing with the dirty laundry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You're only getting the good stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. However, the good stuff is that you're being wined and dined and told, being told that you're handsome or beautiful or, you know, all those wonderful things that was probably there at the beginning of the relationship mm-hmm. during the honeymoon phase. And so for people, going back to your question, who have an attachment anxiety issue um, and not feeling like they've ever been cared about enough or are meaningful enough they're going to feel like, oh, this is, you know, heaven. I finally have somebody who really is showing me that I, you know, I care, I'm cared for, that I matter, that I'm worthy. Of course, it's not reality. Mm -hmm. It's not going to last. It's only good for the couple of hours that you're together, um, you know, 
in whatever, you know, for the week or whatever else. Right. Um, so, you so know, that's... So I'm yes, sorry. So, you're, so basically, no. like, you're getting that hit of dopamine mm-hmm. on, on yes. this vacation. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, I do remember one man I worked with whose father was just horrible to him, really put him down and really made him feel terrible. And he finally said to his wife while, while we were working things through, you did nothing wrong. You did absolutely nothing wrong. However, I never felt good enough, competent enough. Um, you know, she was, I, I don't mean to make this sound terrible. She mm-hmm. was like a regular wife. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't like, you know, make him feel like he was the best constantly. And when he had the affair, that woman made him feel like he was godlike. Mm-hmm. And so that took care of all the negative feelings that he had as a child um, growing up with this father who was just so nasty to him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, it, I think it's more things like that yeah. that lead to affairs. Um, and I, I know this doesn't need to be said, but I'm going to say it anyway because mm-hmm. I don't want to get emails uh, the reasoning and the explanations that we're giving are not condoning <laughs> yes, yes. The, the abuse of the relationship. So I yes. don't think that while we're ex- trying to explain why people do what they're doing, that it somehow is um, validating the action. So, Right. Now, I did want to comment that I do think some of the uh, added pieces to this in quotes, study, Mm -hmm. is that I do think in the pandemic, we're certainly bored. Mm -hmm. So that would lead to looking up former boyfriends or girlfriends. It might um, have you uh, do certain searches for novelty because, you know, you're just looking at the same person day in and day out. So I do understand why their numbers might have been so high. But it was it's interesting because to myself, I thought, I don't remember recently, but certainly during the pandemic, that it would seem to me that the number of affairs would have gone down right. during the pandemic because it's so unsafe, <laughs> Six feet apart, right? How you how yeah. you even do it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I'd love to hear some if anybody has any stats on that. Right. Well, that's a. I mean, that's a good, interesting point too, because one of the things that we have talked about in the past is, for example, going into work and uh, there might be that flirtation thing that right. happens that kind of like satisfies that need, but that's as far mm-hmm. as it goes. And that's as far as it ever goes. And like 99% of people in the workplace, uh, engage in that. And, um, you know, it, that has all been like blown apart with everybody working from home remotely. Right. So, uh, to your point about the online traffic surging, it seems obvious. Yes. Yes. Um, but again, I don't see people having the ability to act on it. Right. I mean, think about logistically how difficult that would be. Um, first off, you would have to find a third party place because you couldn't go home because presumably Correct. your family is there. 
Correct. Um, so then you would have to do something. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, that seems like it'd be really tough logistically to your point. So yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then th- we've heard their reasons. Um, can you think of any? And, and this this can be the the what else question at the very mm-hmm. end here. Um, are there any other reasons for cheating that you can think of? Well, I, I gave you a couple of examples. I mean, to me, the main thing is that the couples are not understanding each other's needs, um, not communicating, and, um, you know, they just get further and further apart. And it's, you know, a, I would almost say, and again, as you said, and I'm glad that you said it, this is not a way of condoning it. It's just a way of explaining it. It's almost like a cry for help. Mm-hmm. Um, but if couples would, as we've said so many times, speak with each other more, communicate with each other more, explain their feelings, express their needs, I think it would go unbelievably far for keeping their relationships um, safe, so to speak, and, um, you know, committed. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that um, what better time now uh, while people are locked down and in quarantine and isolated, and if you have uh, kids, um, what a tremendous opportunity to demonstrate what healthy relationship practices look like. Because they're going to be right there watching the whole thing. I mean, yeah. I, I know uh, that's always the case in some form, but now more intensely so because mm-hmm. there, there really is no escape. So um, yeah. hopefully people take it as an opportunity to uh, use it as, you know, both to strengthen their relationship and to be a model. Yes. Although, let's be fair, it's hard now. People are frustrated. People are irritable. Um you know, you don't have a chance for um, the novelty. You're, you know, constantly in the same environment. Um, so I also want our listeners to not get on themselves if they are feeling those things and saying, oh, God, you know, I'm not being the best role model I could possibly be right now because I'm just, you know, so agitated myself. Yeah, that's I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Um my uh, my competitive personality uh, then says, but it's your choice. Like how you act, how you respond, how you, uh, you know, again, easy for me to say I'm in a good place. But even even in not good places, how, how you in, interact and engage in things is still your choice. And the true reveal of your character is when things are tough and when things Mm -hmm. are stressful, not when things are good. Everybody can be a cool person and happy Mm -hmm. and act well when things are going great, but that's what character is. It's when things are tough. So, um, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I do think, and I like that you have given people permission to not beat themselves up if they're not perfect, because I do think that is important. So, I just, <laughs> I'm just a little tougher. I don't want to let people off. Well, the hook. you're a journalist and I'm a psychologist. So that, that's true. So listen to Karen. She, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, no, this was, this was great, Karen. Um, 
Uh, I think we did a good job of uh, going through these reasons and why we agree and disagree with certain things and what people can do about it. So we will wrap this one up. So thank you so much for your time. It's always appreciated. And thank you. My pleasure. Uh, And before you guys go, I want to remind you that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can also find it on our website, hitchedmag.com where we have the complete archive of our podcast, thousands of articles available to you for free, plus a weekly newsletter that goes out on Monday evenings that takes about 30 seconds to sign up for. So hopefully you check that out as well. That is going to do it for us. Until next time, take care, everybody.